Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for April 2nd, 2017. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jack Steen, co-pastor with Russ Steen, at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, Profoundly Simple. or in the state. Buddhism, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Hinduism, this is the sum of duty. Do not unto others what you would not have them do unto you. Islam, no one of you is a believer until he desires for his brother that which he desires for himself. Taoism, regard your neighbor's gain as your gain and your neighbor's loss as your own loss. So in short, if you are a person of faith, this law of reciprocity is your guide. It is basic kindness and goodness. It's it's something so elementary that it can be taught. To children. This past week I was leading chapel here in the sanctuary for our four and five year olds in the Child Development Center. I opened up the children's Bible story book that we use with them and I was going to read the story of Zacchaeus to them. And one little boy piped up, hey, we've heard that one before. <laughs> Quick on my feet, I responded, I know, isn't it a great story? You want to hear it again? And I got a resounding yes from the whole crowd. (laughs) Even the little boy who said, hey, we've heard that one before. (laughs) You see, children never tire of hearing the same story over and over and over again. We even sang the Zacchaeus was a wee little man song twice that day. (laughs) They know what's going to happen in that story Bible that we use for children before it happens. They know he's going to try to climb some stairs to see if they can see him, to see if Zacchaeus can see Jesus. They know he's going to start looking for a tree and climb it before we even see the tree appear in the story. They know that Jesus is going to stop at at the base of that tree and talk to Zacchaeus and invite himself for dinner. They anticipate the clapping and the singing, for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house today. They never tire of the same stories, and neither should we. You want to know why the average tenure of a pastor is about three years? There are lots of reasons that research shows, but I have one theory that's just of my own making. I think pastors don't tend to stay in one place too long is that they run out of new material. In three years, which was the length of Jesus' public ministry, they've said it all. That's long enough to tell the major stories a few times between Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and newsletter articles and various other teaching opportunities along the way. After a while, there's really nothing new to say here. And so preachers 
move on. That's my theory. But I'm going to trust that we are more like children at heart and that we can bear hearing the same stories over and over and over again. And the Sermon on the Mount never disappoints. It's full of sage wisdom and cutting-edge insight and prophetic witness. If you are looking for something to guide your life and you can't tackle the whole Bible, you would do well to just live in these three chapters of Matthew's Gospel and call it a day. And Jesus ends his sermon with the most simple of ideas, do to others as you would have them do to you. The whole sermon is laced with specifics about how to carry this out. Just for today, it started, do not judge. Profoundly simple, right? But this golden rule was not original to Jesus. With slight variations, it is found in many authors, Jewish and non-Jewish. In the pre-Christian apocryphal book of Tobit, we read, and what you hate, do not do to anyone. Hillel, a contemporary of Jesus, is reported to have said to a Gentile inquirer, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That's the whole Torah, while the rest is commentary their own. So go and learn it. I have nothing new to say about any of this. After 16 plus years, we've said it all. Now we're just repeating ourselves, sometimes for the ninth, tenth, or more times. The good news of the gospel is so profoundly simple. Then why is it so profoundly difficult to live? It's because the way of Jesus is counterintuitive and countercultural. I don't know if you get to worship in time to read the meditation that we put at the beginning or read the one at the end that kind of bookends where we're going with the day. But in case you didn't get to read it before, I'm just going to read the first one to you now from Anne Lamott because she always says it better than I can. I try to be a good person a better person than I was yesterday or even just an hour ago. In general, the Ten Commandments are not a bad place to start, nor the golden rule. We try not to lie so much or kill anyone that day. We do the footwork, which comes down mostly to paying attention and trying not to be such a jerk. We try not to feel and act so entitled. We let others go first. How can something so simple be so profound letting others go first in traffic or in line at starbucks or even if no one cares or notices because for the most part people won't care they're late they haven't heard back from their new boyfriend or they're fixated on the stock market and they won't notice that you let them go ahead of you they take it as their due but you'll know, and it can change your whole day, which could be a way to change your whole life. 
There really is only today, although luckily, that is also the eternal now. And maybe one person in the car in the lane next to you or in the line at the bank or at your kid's baseball game will notice your casual generosity and will be touched, lifted, encouraged, in other words, slightly changed for the better, and later will let someone else go first. And this will be quantum. What would our world be like if we, as the body of Christ known as Park Road Baptist Church, left this sanctuary today and decided to practice letting others go first. Every line you stand in, no matter how busy you are, what if you practiced letting others go first? Even if you are standing at the teeter, holding one loaf of bread and a gallon of milk, and you turn around and the person behind you has a buggy that overfloweth. <laughs> what if you stepped aside and let that person go first? They would look at you like you have lost your mind. And only you would know that you had not lost your mind, but you had instead found your heart. And what if we, as the body of Christ, known as Park Road Baptist Church, left this sanctuary today and decided to stop judging people? What if we... I mean, do y'all really get the impact of what it would happen? There are probably, I don't know, 180 people sitting here today. If every one of us left here today and let somebody go in line in front of us, that would, that would be so significant. Like in every line you're in. And what if we really left here today and decided to not judge people by the clothes that they wear or the color of their skin? or the size of their bank account, or by the tattoos or piercings or gauges that they sport. Those gauges, they kill me, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Some of you, I don't see anybody with gauges right now, but oh my goodness, when, and they, it's mostly people that work in coffee shops. They have <laughs> these gauges, and I just can hardly look at them because it makes me a little bit, I'm gonna have to work on this. I cannot judge them because they have gauges. And some of you are going, what are gauges? <laughs> Talk to our young people. What if we decided not to judge people by the politics that they proclaim? Oh, oh that's all I'm going to say. What if we decided to not judge people by the politics they proclaim? Or by their intellect, or their formal education, or lack thereof? What if we decided not to judge people by their language or their culture? What if we trained ourselves to see every single human being as a child of God and treated each and every person with such respect and integrity and honor whether we think they deserve it or not? Do you realize the radical impact that would have on the world if we really did that? 
Looking back on some of the earlier stuff in the sermon, what if we decided to give to everyone who begs from us? No questions asked. Do you know when we started working here 16 years ago, there was not one person that walked through the office door asking for money or a bus ticket or gas for their car. Not one person walked in that I didn't help them. Not one. Do you know that over 16 years of wondering how many times I've been taken advantage of and 16 years of hearing that story a thousand times and knowing it's not true has caused me to stop giving things to people who beg from me. I've become jaded. Living life will do that to you. And in preparing this sermon, I realized I like her a lot better. She's less cynical. She's less judgmental. She just gave. I want to be her. She was better. What if we decided to let go of anger and practice radical, unconditional forgiveness? This week, Someone treated me in a way that made me angry. They treated me in a way I have not felt in so long, and it reached something so deep inside of me that it's almost scary. And I have carried so much awe in my heart for that person all week long. I even said to Brenda as I was walking through one day, I have got so much confessing to do in the silence on Sunday. I'm never, the silence isn't going to be long enough for the anger and resentment that I feel in my heart. And as I'm writing this sermon, I'm thinking, what if I practiced just forgiving being mistreated, even if the person never asked for forgiveness? What if I just did something profoundly radical and decided to forgive anyway? What if instead of avoiding them at every turn, what if I made, took the initiative to be kind, even though they do not deserve it? <laughs> because they hurt my feelings and made me mad. You're all wanting to know who it is. I'm not gonna tell. It probably isn't one of you. <laughs> what if we gave up retaliation and holding grudges and decided to practice loving our enemies? And it will take practice, that's for sure. It won't come easily, and it will not be natural, but it is profoundly Simple. What if we decided to live extravagantly generous lives, giving ourselves away for another? What if we took care of the poor? What if we provided shelter for the homeless and food for the hungry? Yes, we do room in the inn and uptown men's shelter. And this afternoon, we'll pack a thousand backpack snacks that will get Sedgefield Elementary School children through the end of the year so they won't be hungry on the weekends. But what if we each one found ways to do this all the time, every day? 
What if we just gathered together as church to do it to do it for fun and community, but it was something we were doing every day anyway, not just a once or twice a school year? What if we welcomed the stranger, the person from another land? What if we welcomed them and got to know them so that we no longer had to call them stranger, but call them one of us? What if we decided to live this profoundly simple way of life? What if we decided to reflect upon how we would like to be treated, how we would like for the world to treat us, how we would like for the government to treat us, how we would like for our family to treat us? What if we decided and reflected upon how we would like to be treated. And then if we just forgot about that and started treating everybody the way we wanted to be treated. I, didn't, I mean, this is not rocket science. What if we decided to live the profoundly simple Sermon on the Mount? If we decided to do this, we would be exhausted and exhilarated at the same time. We would be so tired and so humbled at the same time. We would be so drained and spent and we would be so energized all at the same time. This profoundly simple life we have been called to can change the world. I firmly believe that or I would not still be preaching. I believe this profoundly simple life can change the world. Maybe our actions of letting someone else go first in line will not bring peace to the Middle East unless it does. Maybe Deciding not to judge people because of the way they look will not get all the homeless people off the streets of our Queen City, unless it does. Maybe our actions of this profoundly simple life will not fill every hungry belly with nutritious food, unless it does. But I know for sure that we could change the world for the person with the buggy that overfloweth. And I really believe that many of the people we meet along the way, whether our own family or acquaintances or street corner beggars, I believe that many people have bulging shopping carts, burdens so heavy they can hardly push them along. Will you please let them go first? May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina.
encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.